the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul refers to himself as a slave of Christ. He uses a unique word, hooperetes. It's a Greek word that talks about a third-row galley slave, the guy who is below the guy who's below the guy who's rowing the trimene. Yeah, that guy. They usually lasted about two weeks before they died. That's the kind of slave that Paul calls himself and, in turn, suggests that you and I are of the same ilk. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, featuring the teaching staff of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Angelo Dima joins us today, back here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 26. It's here that Paul gives us a quick rundown of what a servant must and must not be, if we are indeed a servant of the Most High. For the details, here's Angelo on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. We, as our nature would afford us are wicked but God tells us to forsake it and to uh, let the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and our God for he will abundantly pardon and so this is the peradventure if a man should repent he will have mercy upon him this is the precious promise that God gives to everyone that would believe on him no, so what is the degree of wickedness? There's no degree put on this. So you could be as wicked as whatever. There's no degree on that. You're simply to believe. Does that mean Jeffrey Dahmer, this murdering cannibal wacko, could be saved? Yes. Because if it wasn't for God and His restraining hand, we'd all be the same way. And we're commanded to return unto the Lord and that He will be merciful. And that's a great promise. There's no distinctions. It's simply the command. God's people will hear it and they will obey and they will be saved. So let's turn to our third point here. Results from the gift imparted to the sinner. Again, I, I look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and that's, I love that verse, and you hath he quickened. To be quickened is to be made alive. You understand your wretchedness and your need of a Savior. And you understand that you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And this is how we're made to be able to teach, how we're made to be patient, because we've been mastered in the meekness that God has put upon us in his mastering of us, his slaves, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure, and there's the word that we we're looking at, will give them repentance to the acknowledge of the truth. So repentance is a gift given to the sinner. 
And so that is the hope of every pastor and teacher of the gospel. So this first point, recovery. As we see here in verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Recovery, that same word means to be made awake. Now, sleeping... I love sleep. Do you love sleep? I work the night shift. So I have to trick my body in order to make it here on Sunday and somewhat feel normal with you. But what I've learned is, if I work into Saturday morning... If I stay up most of the day, I'll take a little nap, but if I stay up most of the day, then I'll go to sleep Saturday night to be able to make it here and somewhat function among you normally. Right around 6 o'clock, I go into the inception mode. This is the second level of sleep because my body is saying, this is when you should have slept. But we need to awake. We need to awake. The sinner needs to awake out of their sleep, out of their deadness, And even as believers, we can be lulled into sleep. Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know, you've been exhorted to read it by your pastor. I suggest you read it because it has everything to do with the life of the believer. And Christian and faithful on their road to the celestial city fell asleep. And they were lulled to sleep in that nice hammock. And they had the scroll, which is the word of God. And because they slept, it fell out of their hand. And they lost it. So it's important that we stay awake. Because the world will lull you to sleep. And it is our hope, as preachers and teachers of the gospel, that people will recover themselves or awake out of this sleep, out of this deadness. David said in Psalm 27, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. This desire, this prayer, and this request is basically saying, I don't want to go to sleep, for in the time of trouble, in your time of trouble, He shall not hide you. But he shall put you in his pavilion, as David said, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. That rock is Christ. And now shall mine head be lifted up. I shall be made awake above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer his in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. My desire is that those who may be unsaved may get to this point where they will be made awake and be able to sing for sacrifices of joy and sing praises unto the Lord. So we should be careful how you judge. And when I say that, we don't know who's being made awake because those who are made awake oftentimes don't know too much. So you have to be careful. So we are reminded by Paul, and he reminded the Corinthian church, that we should judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. And doth, and both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. And Paul is uh, quoting Isaiah 60 when we see in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 14 through 21. Why don't you turn there and we'll see that this was the desire of Paul when he just basically yelled it out 
in quoting Isaiah 60, he says, Wherefore he saith, by written, by holy men of old, this was Isaiah and Isaiah 60, you can go there in your own time, but he says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, that's carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding that the will of the Lord is what it is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And here's the answer, as we saw with David, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, Unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Here he just lays it all out. We should walk circumspectly. We shouldn't be unsober. We need to be singing in hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to avoid all the strifes and the clamorings that are in our nature to do. And to always understand how thankful we should be because of all the blessings which he has given us. So, in sub-point B of point 3, I talk about the snare. What are some of the snares that we see here in verse 26? And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Well, I list a few things. Fatigue. Darkness, discouragement, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Now, I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. This is a very important verse that I want you to uh, highlight in your scriptures because you'll see it everywhere you look. After you read this text, you'll see that the world has been doing this and has been doing it because of his, uh, his lying, the enemy. The prince of the air. Daniel 7.25, he says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to cause fatigue amongst us who believe the gospel. And the way he's going to do that is he's going to change times and laws. Okay? He's going to change times and laws. So they're talking about bathrooms that don't have a gender to them. You can't get any weirder and more bizarre than that. Okay? If 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 the whole world lieth in the lap of the wicked one and his desire is to distort and blur the 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 demarcation of what male and female is, he is seeking to change laws and times. So you see that great truth that is undeniably out there that the enemy would do this and he's being successful. Remember, his method is not to kill right away. He has the what we call the Hegelian dialectic. That's a Hegel's theory, right? You got... Theses and anti and antitheses, and they're two warring factions, and then out of this comes concession. Uh, yeah, concessions. What, what you would see as 
uh, death by a thousand slashes. So incrementally, incrementally these things have come about. And now we're at the point where there's legislation that says we want to change laws so that we're forcing those who actually have a thesis called the scriptures will want to say no, that's wrong, so we can throw them in prison and eventually kill them. And that's how the enemy is working. He's been working and working and working and working. To think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and a times and the dividing of a time. So what does that bring? It brings darkness. Wears you out. He brings darkness. And is it dark? And in the darkness, you get discouragement. And so, even in the Pilgrim's Progress, there was a time when John Bunyan, I believe he was just speaking about his own pilgrimage, had the devil whisper in his ear how sinful he was and sought to discourage him from looking to Christ. So in all this that's taking place in the changing of laws and the snares that are being involved with that for our children... Because, brothers and sisters, if we forget these things, it's not us that's going to suffer the most, it's our children. And thank God we have a land where we can speak about these things freely. Because in parts of Canada, you can't even say these things anymore. And in your UK, your United Kingdom, there's areas where if you say a certain thing a certain way, you're going to jail. It is upon us. And these things are designed to fatigue us to discourage us. The devil's always whispering in your ear, you're not good enough. Well, just whisper back, you're right. And in some point C, in our last point here, we see that his will, as we see in verse 26, staying tethered to the text, uh, being taken captive by, his, by, by him at his will, that is his will to captivate there are three plans that the enemy has. Does anyone know what those three plans are? Yeah, you got it. Turn with me to John 10.10. 10. We'll see that right there. This is his whole methodology, summed up in three plans of the enemy. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. To steal God's glory, to kill his saints, and to destroy the truth. But here's the contrary statement that our Lord gives us for our hope in all of these snares that we see. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And that is the hope according to the scriptures. That is the hope according to Paul as he's telling Timothy that they may recover themselves, that they may be made awake. That is why we preach the gospel. That is why we teach the things that we do. Isaiah said it when he spoke about this fallen one from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Why didst weaken the nations? How did he weaken them? By changing laws and times. Times and laws. 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. And that's his methodology, that's who he is, he's a real, a real entity, and he's not to be messed with, he has very, he's very smart, but we're given these truths so that as we saw in our first point that we should have proper footing to be able to run when we need to and to be able to stand when we need to so as always I want to leave you guys with this in sub point D he led captivity captive Christ took all those who were captive by the devil himself at his will and made him made them his own captivated audience and we see that in the scriptures he led captivity captive those who were once captivated by the devil and all of his snares and this is the hope remember peradventure if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, you guys who believe the gospel are the peradventure. You have been made alive. You have been recovered. You've been made awake. You've been taken out of the snare. This is the hope that Paul is exhorting Timothy to live by. These are principles to live by. This is our hope. This is why we do what we do. Who are taken captive at his will... We have a greater captivator than those who have been captivated by the enemy. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul quotes the psalmist, Ephesians chapter 4, 8. You don't have to turn there. He says, Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, that is Christ, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Those who were captive according to the will of the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, and all his tricks and snares, were swooped up in one big gathering as Christ would ascend and now sits at the right hand of the Father, ruling over sovereignly. And the devil is his dog, and he can only go as far as his sovereign leash will allow him to go. Okay? And when you talk like that, I'm going to have to look over my shoulder and keep one eye open this week because he's going to be coming after me. And he quoted the psalmist. The psalmist knew this. See, Paul got his truth from the Old Testament. Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. And isn't that true? When you seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you shall find Him, that there is a reward to them that seek after Him diligently. And so we see all these attributes, how the pastor or the teacher should be, how he's to be gentle, he's not to strive, he's to be patient, he's to do these things meek. Well, if you're looking for all those attributes to be perfectly performed by the pastor or the leader, you're going to be let down. Okay, let me just tell you now. We strive for those things, but we have not attained. So when we fall short... If we get snappy or we say something out of pocket, 
you got to look to the one who was all those things, which is Christ Jesus. And remember this verse. When man lets you down, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. I am the one that's patient. I am the one who is completely and perfectly mastered of my Father to come and save those who are under the snare of the devil. You have been chained about with many snares and worldly devices. But for each snare and worldly device, He has every key to let you free because He is the meek and lowly one. And His... He's lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. This is the Savior, such as you need. As Spurgeon would say, Beloved brothers and sisters, upon whom the gospel has exercised its power, you know that the love of Christ constrains you. Before your conversation, your conduct, you use to hear moral essays and to yield your assent to the excellent of virtue. You thought you could get right with God through your good behavior. But when temptation attacked you, what help could yield your assistance to the excellence of virtue? Mere moral essays afford you? Did they afford you anything? What strength to resist sin did you find in your belief in the excellence of virtue? Did you resign yourself to the energy of evil as the snow melts in the fierce heat of the sun? But now, since you have been converted, you are not kept from sin by fear, but by love. And you are not impelled to holiness because you are afraid of hell, but because being saved from the wrath to come and loved with an everlasting love, you cannot so faithless to your heart's love and to every hollowed impulse of gratitude as to turn back to the beggarly elements from which you have been delivered. What the law could not do with its iron fetters, the gospel has done with the silken bonds, that yoke that we just described as Jesus Christ would give you. If God had thundered at you, you would have grown proud like Pharaoh. When he said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? But when the Lord Jesus spoke softly to you, you bowed before him and said, He is my Lord and my God. He's my master. The bolstering wind of the law made you bind about yourself the cloak of your sins. But the genial warmth of the sun of the gospel constrained you to cast away the garments of your sin and to fly to the Savior. Melted and influenced by his love, the icy bosoms flow in the streams of devout affection and sacred love where the glorious summer of heaven grace pours its full influence upon it while all the howling winds of winter did but lock it the more iron bonds yes there is a sanctifying power in the principle of the gospel which is not to be found in the principle of law you have been mastered by God and therefore you love God because he first loved you the fetters of the law which did bind you to cast you into hell because you found no way to obey them have been lifted because they were obeyed in the Son, which is Christ our Lord and Savior. There is great comfort in knowing that 
all the things that are required for us, whether in leadership or whether just a layman, have been fulfilled in Christ. So for everything that was commanded, both in New Testament and in Old, you find the completion found in the Savior. And that's where we rest our heads. Because though we fall short of the glory of God, He still uses His people for His own glory's sake. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and grace, which is upon your people. You have mastered us to be meek, but yet we fall short. But we see the completion and everything we need found in your Son. And we just thank you. May your Holy Spirit bless the message that's going to be presented today. And have mercy upon your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10, and then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. You can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.